Standing, I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 15. We're going to look at seven verses, seven verses only. Once again, welcome to Impact City Church. We are so glad you're here. We're so glad you're here. Matthew 15, 21 through 28. It's in the Version app. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be as you desire, and her daughter was healed from that very hour. Amen. One woman captured the master's attention to the point where he said, she's too desperate to be denied. One woman changed the course of her family's trajectory because she was willing to go to Jesus. Where are all the women at this morning? One person, one person can capture the attention of the master this morning and change the situation that you find yourself in today. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are here today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. Let it have weight in our lives. Let your word find us where we're at. Be glorified today in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. One woman who was relentless. One woman who refused to give up. One woman who wouldn't take no for an answer. She was relentless. She was determined. She knew what she needed, and she was not going to go away until she received what she indeed was asking for. When you look at the definition of what relentless is, it is oppressively constant, incessant. It's an adjective that's not easily attained. It simply means not giving up not giving up, not throwing in the towel, not raising the white flag. And let's just state that there are too many people in our world that are easily discouraged. Something goes wrong one time, and all of a sudden their future is charted and determined by what they faced in that one particular instance. One bad experience And now every experience from there on out is referenced and is always pointed to that one particular. Because it was like that, that last time, 
it will always be like that. All hope is lost. All hope is lost, and people tell themselves, I tried once and I failed, so why would I want to try again? If I try again, it'll be the same outcome. It'll be the same product. It'll be the same results. So they go to and they resort to the fact of never trying, and never persisting, never wanting to go back to that place, that time, that moment. Being relentless is a rare commodity in the microwave society that we live in. It is a rare commodity in the microwave society that we live in where we want everything right away, my way, exactly at my timing. Where if we don't get what we're looking for immediately, we immediately or we go to look somewhere else. So being relentless is not an easy task. Being relentless and being persistent, being patient, is not something that everyone can do. We don't like to wait, and sometimes it is about waiting. Sometimes it's about waiting, and that is one of the things that you and I struggle with. We'll walk into a restaurant and we'll ask, how long is the wait? And if it's over an hour, you will t pick up your family and go somewhere else, because we're not going to wait. But yet the Bible says, they that, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord. Sometimes it's not about easily attaining. Sometimes it's just about saying, God, I'm here. And I need you to come through on my behalf. God, I'm here and I need you to do this, this particular way. I need you to come and help me and rescue me and save me and heal me. Because if you don't do it, there is no one that can. And then a day passes and then for you to go back and say, God, I'm here again. I'm still believing and I'm still trusting. I still know that you sit on the throne. I still know that all power is in your hand. I still know that you hold the seven seas in the palm of your hand. I know that you are, you are God. You are El Shaddai. You are the God who is more than enough. I trust you. I believe in you. And I wait, but nothing happens. And then another day goes, Lord, I'm here again. And I'm still believing and I'm still trusting. It's about being relentless. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strengths. I'm going to stay right here, God, until I hear from heaven. I'm going to believe right here. I'm going to have faith right here. I'm going to trust right here. I'm going to wait on you. I, it may not happen when I want it. It may not happen on my timing, but I do know I am certain of one thing that you are still God and that you have everything under your control. I trust in that. I'm going to wait. The account in Matthew 15 describes the region of Tyre and Sidon, and it's a Gentile region. So when, when, when I look at this picture, I have to understand that Jesus is not in his hometown. He is not in his place, but rather he goes to the Gentiles. It is a Gentile region where Jesus is clearly not in his own territory. And it, what we see here, it foreshadows the ministry of Jesus where all would have access, both Jew and Gentile. But to understand the context of what is taking place in the scripture, Jesus has not yet extended that to everyone, but it is to the Jews. 
So his focus here has been exclusively to the community, the Jewish community. But this woman, who we don't know what her name is, we don't know her socioeconomic status, we don't know her level where she is in society, we don't know any of that. We just know that she is a woman, we know that she's from Canaan, she is a Canaanite woman, and we just know that she has a need. And the Bible tells us, is quick to tell us that she comes to Jesus. She comes to Jesus while there was an estranged relationship between her people and those of the Jewish descent that dated back to the Old Testament. When, when you talk about Canaan and you talk about the property that God gave the Israelite people as they were going into the promised land, Canaan, so all this feud had dated all the way back into those times and it was common for Jews to approach Jesus. We see that countless times. We see those that would come to Jesus and say, hey, my daughter is sick. We see the, the different needs that would arise. And Jesus would easily and quickly attend to, them, to those. It was common for the Jews to come to Jesus. But it was not common for those of the outside descent. So, or, or for, in this instance, the Canaanite descent to come to Jesus and to quickly approach him and to easily ask him what they needed. This instance was quite the opposite. What we see here is just this one woman, this one woman who has a need, and she may have said, you don't know me, Jesus, but I know who you are. You don't know me, but I know who you are. And while there was history here, and while there was bad blood here, there was a need that was greater than all of the all of the factors that were coming against this particular woman in this particular situation. We we are not sure where this woman had sought help previously, but we are sure of this that she had that no one had been able to help her up until this moment. No one was able to give her what she needed. So on this day. On this incredible day, she makes her mind up. She is determined. She makes her mind up. It would be a day unlike any other. It was a day that she decided, I am going to Jesus. It doesn't matter who has failed me. It doesn't matter who has done me wrong. It doesn't matter who has talked about me. It doesn't matter who has counted me out. It doesn't matter who has said, I'll never get my healing. It doesn't matter who said, my daughter will never be restored. It doesn't matter who said, my family will never get up from this situation. It doesn't matter who has said my finances will never come into order. It doesn't matter who has counted me out. I have to go to Jesus. She said, I'm going to Jesus. Maybe I've exhausted all resources and maybe, yes, people have let me down. Maybe people have talked about me and maybe I've been there and they haven't been able to help me. And maybe I've been over there and they haven't been able to help me. But what I have have going on inside of me and what I have going on in my family at this present time. It's not a job for a doctor, but it's a job for Jesus. Is there anybody in this place? Is there anybody in this place that you've looked there, you've looked over there, and they haven't been able to come to your rescue? They haven't been able to give you what you need? I want to tell you that the great I am is here today. And where Jesus is, anything can happen. The Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It doesn't matter what has kept you bound. It doesn't matter what has chained you up. There is someone great. There is an anointing that destroys the 
yoke, and that is the anointing that comes from Jesus. Her need outweighed all the baggage that she had in her life. Her need outweighed all the cons when she listed the pros and the cons. She had no doubt heard of this man, and she likely concluded that this was going to be her last opportunity. So she comes to Jesus. Maybe you've been looking. Maybe you've been looking to find help in your time of need. Maybe you have had no one to be able to help you and to rescue you and to be able to encourage you. Maybe you, like this woman, you feel estranged in a certain part of your life because you haven't called on him the way you should call on him. And you haven't prayed the way you, you should pray. And you haven't come to church the way you should come to church. And you haven't worshipped the way you should worship. And you haven't praised the way you should praise. Maybe you feel some distance. Maybe you feel out of place. And you question whether God would come through for you or not, saying, God, you don't owe me anything. That's right. He doesn't owe any of us, beginning with me, anything, but he does it because he's good. Maybe you feel out of place and you question yourself in this manner. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 8 that a certain man, a centurion, came to Jesus. He also had no connection to the master, but he comes to him and he says, I need you because my servant lies at home and he's paralyzed and he suffers terribly. Terribly, but I know who you are. Jesus said, should I go and should I heal him? He said, no, I'm not worthy for you to come into my house. He said, but I know who you are. You are Jesus. And he said, I am also a man under authority. He said, I tell my servant to come and he comes. I tell my servant to go and he goes. He said, all you have to do, Jesus, is say the word and my, my servant will be made whole. I know who you are. I know who you are. I know that you are the beginning and the end, the alpha, the omega, the great. I, I know who you are. Just say the word. This faith caught the attention of Jesus. And he said, I, have, I was astonished. I have never seen such great faith. You are Jesus. I know who you are. All power is in your hand. And maybe today you have lost all hope. Maybe today... You've exhausted all resources, but you can come to him. You can come to him. In your hurt, you can come to him. In your pain, you can come to him. In your confusion, you can come to him. In your uncertainty, you can come to him. In your loss, you can come to him. In your disappointment, you can come to him. In your disillusion, you can come to him. In your sickness, you can come to him. In your frustration, you can come to him. In your failure, you can come to him. This woman came to Jesus, and you can also. And she cried out. So she comes to him. And at this point, we, are, we know that she is crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It shows 
a declaration and an exclamation of her faith because Jesus, son of David, was something that the Jewish people would use to refer to Jesus. It was not something that the Gentiles would use. The Jewish understood, but the, but, but the, uh, the Gentile, this was something different for them. But she is here acknowledging and she is declaring her faith and she is saying, I, I, know, I know who I am, I know who you are, but I am declaring Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. She says, my daughter is severely sick. She's severely demon-possessed. She had great faith to be able to acknowledge Jesus by this title. And she says, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And it's not so much because of me. It's because of my daughter. My daughter needs me. If it was for me, perhaps, I wouldn't bother you. But the enemy is after my legacy. The enemy is after my children. This woman came to Jesus for her daughter. For some in this place, the problem has become a cycle that is seeking to come through generationally. And, and it's seeking to put a stop to what God wants to do through your children and through their children. And I've learned that there are women that you can say anything you want to about them, but don't you dare mess with their baby. Don't you dare mess with their child. They're, they're willing to do things that are extraordinary for their children. And this woman was willing to do something out of the ordinary and say, yes, I have no right to come to you, but I know that my daughter is suffering terribly. And if there's anybody that can change the outcome and change the course of the life that we've been living, it is you, Jesus. The woman knew she had no right to ask, but it was greater than her. It had deeper implications than just her. It was, it dealt with her bloodline. And the Bible says that when Jesus heard her, he answered her, not a word. Have you ever been in a place where it seems that Jesus is silent? Have you ever had a need and prayed and asked and it seems like heaven is unable to respond to the need that you have when you have an emergency and Jesus didn't respond when you were praying and believing? What do you do when you pray and there is no answer? What do you do when you pray and there is no answer. What do you do when nothing around you is changing? What do you do when the circumstance is not progressing? She could have left. She could have said, he's not even acknowledging me in this moment. She could have easily said, he isn't paying attention to me. I'm not even good enough for a response. The disciples urged him and said, send her on her way because she cries after us. But she wasn't there for them. She was there for Jesus. There are sometimes uh, people can't do for us what we need them to do for us. It is only Jesus that can come through like we need him. Sometimes it's just a job for Jesus. He didn't respond. But she kept on crying out. She kept on crying out. And then he says, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What he's saying in essence is, I, I don't have a covenant with you. 
I don't have any obligation. I don't have any responsibility to heal you. You're not from the seed of Abraham. And your people haven't been serving me for generations. No, and in, in, in reality, her people were idolaters. Her people ha- had come against. But have you ever needed something from God that you didn't deserve? I'll ask that one more time. Have you ever needed something from God that you didn't deserve? Have you ever needed something from God? She knew she didn't deserve it. She knew he had no no right and no obligation, no responsibility to heal her. And even though he says, I'm, I have not been sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, she continued crying out. Have you ever needed something uh, that you were not worthy of it, uh, but you were believing? God for it. I got me, and you can say, I got myself into this mess. God, I got myself into this mess by my poor judgment, by my my bad decisions. God, but I'm believing you to make a way for me. I need God to to do me a favor, in essence. God, I I got myself in this, but but I know that you're faithful to get me out. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, where where we've made some bad decisions that we made some poor choices, but God in his goodness and God who is rich in mercy came to our rescue and came through when everybody else kept fell out. There was a God that said, you know what, in your mess and in your failures, I can still work in your life. And it's not that she want, it's not that she wanted, but it's that she had a need. I need you, God, in this favor. I don't want a favor. I need a favor. And if you don't do it for me, there's nothing that could be done. Her Here is a battle that she couldn't afford to lose. Here is a struggle that she couldn't afford to lose. She's too desperate to be denied. He ignores her. He tells her, I don't have any responsibility to help you. And she could have walked away, but she changes her approach. And she says, I've tried calling out. I've tried crying out and that hasn't worked so I'm going to do something different and the Bible says that she worshipped the Bible says that she worshipped the Bible says that she worshipped come on the Bible says that she worshipped God my daughter is still sick but I will worship you God you you haven't healed my family yet but I will worship you God you haven't answered me about what I had asked you about a couple of weeks ago but I worship you his worthiness is not based on the fact of what he does but it is based on the fact of who he is and I will worship you in my struggle and I will worship you as tears fall down my face and I will worship you as my heart is broken I will worship you as my spirit is wounded I will worship you in my affliction I will worship you in my hurt I will work is there anybody that can worship him for who he is somebody in this place that has a need that he hasn't answered yet. I'm not going to praise him for what he's done. I'm going to worship him for who he is. She worshiped. You haven't healed me yet, but I worship you. You haven't answered me yet, but I worship you. To praise him is to thank him. But to worship him is to acknowledge who he is.
you are God. You are worthy. You alone sit on the throne to not care about anything else. But she worshiped him that if I can just get in his presence, I will not let you go until you bless me. Like Jacob said, I worship you in my hurt. I worship you in my need. I worship you not for what you answered. I worship you in my dilemma. God she worshipped him I will not let you go the worship band will come oh Jesus so what about the dog issue what about the dog issue he didn't call her an outside dog this is important because for the Jewish people at that time, a dog was considered not a good thing. But for the Gentile people, Jesus knows who he's talking to. He, he, they have the relationship and they have the connection. But he didn't call her an outside dog. He called her lap dog. And the lap dog sits on the master's lap. And everything that the master eats, oh, bless his, his name. Everything that the master eats, the lap dog eats also. He just throws his head back, her head back, and they'll be able to catch everything that is being fed to the master. He did not call. So Jesus' mission was not for the lost, was for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And this woman knew Jesus, had no obligation to do anything for her. But she didn't give up. She didn't give up and she didn't stop trying. And I'm going to appeal to you today, mom, that you're in this place. To believe God for what you've been asking for. Or should I say to continue to believe God for what you've been asking for. I realize that sometimes the outcomes in our lives are not what we hope for, not what we pray for. And sometimes we're praying for this and God has a different plan in mind. What if God doesn't do it? But what if he does? What if he does? It is our job to believe in him and trust him at all times. She didn't give up. My need is greater. My need is greater than everything that I'm facing. What I'm facing, so I want to appeal to you today. For those of you that say, what I'm facing is impossible without you, Jesus. What I'm facing, you can't. Only you can change the hearts that I've been praying for. Only you can change. Only you can change and only you can restore. She kept crying out. She kept crying out. She was ignored. She kept crying out. She worshiped. She kept crying out until Jesus said, Oh woman, great is your faith. Great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you desire. Great is your faith. You believed me enough to stay here through it all. 
you were bold enough to approach me. The Bible says, let us come now boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy in the time of need. You were bold enough to come to me. He said, I'll do it. He said, oh, woman, great is your faith. If you'll notice, if you remember in many of the scriptures, he talks to the disciples and he says, oh, ye of little faith. But here he goes to the, contra to the contrary and he says, how great is your faith? Jesus said, I really did. In other words, I, I think it was like I didn't have a choice but to heal you because you believed me that much. It was an exception for exceptional faith. It was an exception for exceptional faith. He didn't have to do it, but he did it. It was an exception. So in this place and in this moment, I want to invite you to close your eyes. Maybe today you'd like to make a first time decision to serve God and to give him your heart. Maybe you have not had the opportunity to do so. And in this moment and in this time right now, say, God, I, you say, God, I say yes. I say yes to your promises. I say yes to your provision. I say yes to your guidance, to your direction, and to your love. God, I turn my back on everything that I have been involved in, and I, put, I shift my attention and I shift my focus to you. Today, I make that decision with every eye closed, with every head bowed. If that is you, and if you'd like to make that decision this morning, I invite you to just raise your hand right where you're at. Let us know in the chat. Yes. Yes, right now, here at Impact City Church, we believe in community and we believe that no one should do life alone. So we're going to pray together. So everyone join with me as we pray. Lord, I admit, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe you are Jesus the Son of God who died for the sins of the world. And I confess you as Lord, Savior, and King of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we give God praise for everyone that received him today? you made that decision, please make sure you stop by the next steps counter. I would also love to meet you. Just love to pray for you and to connect with you and believe God's very best. At this moment, I want to invite every mom to come to this altar. You can spread out all the way to the doors. Today's your day. And we honor you. 
I want to pray for you. If you'll face me, please. If you'll face the altar. This Different backgrounds and different testimonies. Different histories. Different struggles. Different trials. But you survived. God's grace, His favor has sustained you to this moment, and we're believing that He has incredible things in store for you. But like this woman that I highlighted in scripture today, I realize that some of you are here with your heart hurting and your spirit is afflicted and your, your, your strength level spiritually may be dwindling and it may be God knows where you're at. God knows where you're at, and he wants to meet you right there. Whether you're here or here, wherever you've been, God knows what you need before you even proclaim it, before you even declare it. But I am going to pray right now a prayer of blessing over you, and we're going to believe God's very best. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to challenge you to worship him right where you're at, in your own way, in your own form, in your own manner. Just worship him and just receive what God has in store for you. God knows what you're struggling with. God knows what you're battling. God knows every detail of your life. And we're going to trust and we're going to believe him right now. So join with me. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you that you are in this place. We thank you that you are in this place and we honor you. We glorify you. We lift you up. But we also honor every mother, God. We also honor every mother that is here this moment. God, that stands in the need of prayer. God, you know every detail. You know every struggle. You know every challenge. You know every thought that keeps them up at night and tries to bring them down. You know, God, right now, but I am believing and I declare that the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds and casting down every thought and every imagination that comes against you. Right now, God, we come against everything. We come against, God, anything that would want to hinder, anything that would want to bring down, anything that would want to knock down. Right now, God, and we just declare your goodness. We declare your favor. We declare your provision. We declare your power. We declare your blessings. We declare right now God's strength in the middle of the challenge. God, we declare a fresh perspective. We declare, God, open doors. God, we declare right now that your strength is made perfect in our weakness. I thank you, God. We declare that your grace is sufficient. Your grace is enough for whatever we're going through right now, God. We believe that you are a way maker. We believe that you are a miracle worker. You are, we believe that you are a healer, God. So meet us right now. Meet us where we're at. Different areas, different needs, different trials, different struggles, different thoughts, God. But meet us where we're at right now. 
now, God, we declare, we declare your very best. We declare the very best of heaven over them right now, healing in this place. We declare restoration in this place. We declare, God, that you, your favor shall be with them. We declare that goodness and mercy shall follow them all the days of their life. We declare, God, we declare you in the middle of everything. Be the center. Be the center. Be the center right now, God. Heal families. Heal marriages. Heal children. Heal the hidden areas of our lives. Heal our hearts. Heal our spirits and heal our minds. Heal our finances. God, we declare that every door that needs to be opened will be open, and every door that needs to be closed will be closed. We declare, God, that you are in control at all times, and we just worship you today. God, I pray a special blessing over every mom in this place, over everyone that they may be lifting up in prayer right now. Right now, God, that you would show yourself strong in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus.